Welcome to the Punts, Bunts, and Jams podcast. No matter if we are recapping the action from the week before, we're setting up what we are most excited to see in the coming days. I guarantee you will have a great time, so sit back and enjoy. What's going on, everybody? It's episode 11 of the Punts, Bunts, and Jams podcast. Welcome back. Thanks for coming back to listen to this episode. We just finished up the weekend where we had actual real college football going the acc started up the big 12 started up we're going to jump into that we're going to talk about uh the nhl semifinals the nascar was at richmond this weekend but first cody why don't you get us started with uh, some golf and talk about the fedex cup that happened last monday go nuts yes see we were going to talk about you know the the fedex cup last week but you know it, it went off on monday so we're like We'll just discuss it this next podcast, and that's fine because it's still like the Safeway Open happened this weekend, and it's uh, nothing really crazy happened other than a 47-year-old Stuart Sink one. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that that starts off the 2020-21 season, but we're talking about Dustin Johnson wins his first FedEx championship. Xander Shoffley made it close. Justin Thomas had a great week. But it was just too much for everyone to overcome the lead that, DJ had going in because they did the 10 under eight under and so on and so forth. So, you know, everybody else is already at a disadvantage. Dustin Johnson's playing the best golf of his career and something like a side note. So here's, here's the run that Dustin Johnson went on clay. He had four 54 hole leads going into Sunday. So for four tournaments in a row, he was the leader in the clubhouse going oh, yeah. into that last day. He finished second at the PGA, and Morikawa hit that huge drive on 16 to beat him. Mm-hmm. He went 30 under at TPC Boston to win that one. So he went second first. He was second at the BMW in Illinois. And the only reason he didn't win that one is because Rom made that 66-foot bomb. So the bomb from Rom is what I call it. <laughs> and that would have been three – could have been three in a row. And then, of course, he won at East Lake. Now, technically, did he have the best week as far as, as scoring? No. I think Shoffley was 15-under technically throughout that whole week, and DJ was a measly 11-under technically. But given those extra 10 strokes, then he was 21-under. So, you know, he won. He deserved that big lead for how he played the past month. And uh, it kind of reminded me of the way Tiger was just for so long. I mean, there there was a time I think Tiger almost won like eight eight tournaments in a row. And if, if DJ continues this tear, I, I don't see another golfer being able to keep up with him because he's – He's so long from from tee, tee to green. He's just so good. He makes up so many putts. Uh, he's just so good at every aspect, and he he's he doesn't get phased by anything. Like if he makes a bogey, then he's fine. If he makes a an eagle, he's fine. He is just cool, calm, collected, and and really looking back at that week, I think the closest it got was like two strokes after uh saturday because like john Rom, well john Rom and him were tied for a couple holes 
but then like DJ just stepped it up and then like I think two shots was the closest it got for a while. And mm-hmm. and once uh Justin Thomas bogeyed, I believe fourteen or fifteen, I, I felt like it's over. And for some reason JT like he went with a short club mm-hmm. on that last one when he really, really needed an eagle and he just couldn't get it to the green and it didn't make sense like go for it but whatever I'm not gonna let that one eat at me anymore but I said a lot to say that Dustin Johnson is doing some Tiger Woods like stuff and I think it all stems from Brooks Kepka at the PGA saying that you know why would I be worried like mm. Dustin Johnson only has one major and I have four and from that moment on, he has literally been a different golfer than do you, everybody. Do you think that the way this year is falling and the way they've had to push some of these tournaments around with, you know, just next or two months from now, we're going to have the Masters and just the way everything is kind of funky, but it's all been consolidated into this fall. Do you think more than ever momentum like somebody who like just Dustin Johnson has – does that carry over and is that going to help him more once we get to the Masters if he can keep this going or does that even matter? Oh, yeah. I think it matters a ton because I think previously, like, DJ has had some of the biggest collapses in golf history. And there's just – it's basically like you're just playing around with your buddy out there. Now, you're wanting to beat your buddy bad, but, like, there's no fans. Like, the only pressure now is the pressure you put on yourself. Like, uh, previous, like, people, you could always hear the tiger roars. You could always right. hear hear the Rory roars. I'll say that five times fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could always hear those types of things. And now it's just DJ, his caddy, and his brother-in-law, and, or his brother, and he's just going for it. And I think, you know, I think there are some emotional players, like a JT or a tiger, that or feel that just love drawing off the crowd. But like, it's like DJ, when he made that huge putt uh, at the BMW a few weeks ago, he gave like the most uncomfortable looking half fist pump that I've ever seen. No. Like it's, it's like, he doesn't know how to celebrate. He doesn't know how to show emotion. And I think this golf is perfect, perfect for him. Yeah. So I, I think that was a great question because you always ask great questions, but I mean, well, thank you. And but, so we'll get into – we'll see if he can carry this over into the U.S. Open when we talk about it in our look-ahead episode, episode 13, catching on that 13, because we've got something to talk about at the end of this one while we're skipping episode 12. But with that wow. said, a little teaser there, a little dangling that carrot out in front of you. So with that said, let's jump in a little bit of NHL – both of our teams that we're following through these playoffs, Cody, are not looking good. Oh, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know what like, we The do. Islanders, are they're giving up more touchdowns and home runs than anybody. I mean, oh, my Lord, they, yes. They lost 8-2 to two in game one. Uh, you know, they're down 3-1 now. Yeah. I, I just think – I mean, I think both series are over. I think it's going to be – because I had the Islanders beating the, the uh, Vegas Knights and the Stanley Cup, and I think it's going to end up being the Lightning winning it all over the Dallas Stars. What do you think? Well, you know, back a few weeks ago, I talked about how in the history of the NHL and playoffs, 3-1 leads had only been blown like once, maybe twice. 
So both of these teams with a 3-1 lead going into the, this final. So, yeah, I've, I've been wrong in the past, but, you know, these teams both have a 3-1 lead, which is kind of rare if you think about it. Not a lot of times this happens. Usually you'll have one side uh, finish up a lot quicker than the other, and the other one goes to game six, game seven. So we'll see what happens. But it, they both could finish these series up really quick and move into the standing club uh, finals. Um, with that said, let's move into this crazy first weekend of college football. And I'm calling it the first weekend because that's the first Power 5 conference games that we've had. First action from the big boys. And let's just say that the Big 12 did not look like a big boy. No. The Sun Belt ran all over them. They went 0-3 versus the Sun Belt Conference. Yeah, and it wasn't even – some of these games wasn't even – shouldn't no. have been even close. Um, the, what Louisiana Lafayette uh, was doing to Iowa State was unreal. They could just do whatever they wanted to, really. Iowa State looked like they wasn't prepared. They wasn't ready. Uh, Kansas State, I talked about them a couple weeks ago in our episode. I, I just didn't feel like they had a lot. But Arkansas State, you know, I still didn't think they were going to beat Kansas State. I just didn't. And then you take what Coastal Carolina did to Kansas. Kansas looks absolutely just like they do every year. They look terrible. I mean, we really need to talk about, you know, how incredible it was that Kansas was in an Orange Bowl one year. Like, yeah. Like, how crazy is that? Yeah. I mean, I think they won more games in that one year than they did for like eight years combined in one state. They did. Uh, that 2007 year, and I know wow. LSU won the national championship. With two losses, by the way. With two losses. That year as a whole and what it was for college football is my by far my favorite year as far as watching, like I said, as a whole. Every conference, every team, it was just nobody could keep a lead. Nobody could be number one more than a week. Yeah, nobody nobody wanted it at all. I mean, no. that was that was the year that uh, Pat McAfee like didn't he? Do he something? did some things for Pitt. Yeah, he. Yeah, he. Uh, in the what do they call that? The the backyard brawl is what they yeah. used to call that. What a crazy time to be alive when I West mean, Virginia. All they had to do was win, and they were in. And all they had to do was win. Rich Rod had them going. You know, and they just they couldn't do it. And the same thing with what you're talking about with Kansas. Kansas and Missouri, all they had to do is win. Just keep winning. They couldn't do it. Um, Kentucky beats LSU in overtime. Arkansas beats LSU in overtime. Just some crazy, crazy, crazy games that were just awesome to watch, and I loved it. Yeah, because think about what Les Miles always says. He was like, we are the undefeated regular uh, regulation champions. Yeah. Like, and he, he was like, we're we're undefeated in, in regulation. And, I mean, he's kind of right. He was. Both of them he was. And like, it was just such a strange, so strange. strange. Like, it reminds me of, like, I wonder if that's how 2020 is going to be because, yeah. like, who would have thought, like, Napier was a former Bama assistant. And he's dealt with a lot over the offseason with the passing of one of his players. And this team just seems to have it, you know. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of really, really good athletes. And I have to credit Ryan Brown from the roundtable. He said a lot of these Sunbelt schools are in SEC country. 
and they seem to have more talent than some of these Midwest schools. I, I think he's on to something, man. Yeah, I think, I think that bringing up the roundtable is another hint for what that episode 12 we're oh, talking you about. Think it, you think it might be? I think it could be a little bit of a hint there. Next, uh, after the Big 12, what did you think about the ACC? I mean, honestly, like, me and you were pumping up teams way too much because I think the only <laughs> great team is is Clemson. Clemson, and if you can pronounce head, the back of quarterback. shoulders above everybody else by far. If Clemson doesn't win the ACC this year, then something unfortunately happened to T-Law yeah. because, I mean – Everybody else is pure trash. I, yeah. I, I think. Yeah, Trevor I'll, Lawrence did not even finish the third quarter. He had 351 yards of uh, passing, completed 22 of 28 with a touchdown and two rushing touchdowns. And I don't even think he played great, and he was still amazing. He, everybody seemed to have their jitters. Now, I will say North Carolina woke up. They were leading seven to three at halftime. They finished up that game 31 to six. Um, you know, Notre Dame kind of slept walk a little bit. Thank God I took Duke. Um, big shout out to the goal 60. I'm sorry I had to do a little pump there because it went three and oh. And uh, 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 Clay, yeah, yeah, did, yeah. Did you did you miss mention Notre Dame? Yeah, I did mention. Uh, I got I got some uh, some messages over the the course of the day on Saturday, and I'm pretty sure you know where I'm about to go. I hope that you're going to go with the guy who threw for 263 yards. Go ahead. That is where I'm going because uh, I got got a couple texts from one of one of my buddies and then Gump Twitter legend Josh Clackler, and he said, Ian Book winning the Heisman, right? Goal 60. That's what he texted me. And I was well, like, oh, I've got to I've gotta throw this in there on the pod. So. <laughs> But hey, like I said, if if he does go to New York, I mean, I'm gonna have to buy you a Big Mac or something because that <laughs> because I'll be honest, like that first fat half, I, that first <laughs> half, I was like, ooh, I don't know, Clay Dodd, like that, that's it's pretty rough looking. Guys, right it was the first half of the year, of the year, <laughs> literally of the year. I know, of but I just year. had to, I just had to read those texts that I got. So. Well, I I know, and I agree. Listen. I'm gonna be fighting it all year long, but I will say no interceptions. Or did he? Did he throw interceptions? He did throw one interception. He threw one. Yeah. So had a touchdown, had an interception, had a, a rating of one thirty six point seven, was sixty one point three percent complete, which ain't terrible for the way he started this game. Two hundred sixty three no. yards passing, had a few rushing yards added in there. It wasn't terrible. He could have definitely played better, but let's be frank. I mean, it was a Duke team that. And sometimes sneak up on folks, and it wasn't like they were playing, you know, Wake Forest. I'm just saying. Well, I, I did not know that my picking. I think I had Georgia Tech seventh, I believe, or eighth, or something like that. Yeah. Like I did not know that everybody else but me had them at fifteenth, and I'm an idiot because I had Georgia Tech finishing above Florida State and. You asked me who I liked, and I was like, I think I like Florida State not only winning but covering. And he was like, I don't like that play at all. I'm taking Georgia Tech. So yeah, I, I definitely mean, I all I had to do was up. just listen to myself. I had Georgia Tech picked ahead of them. So <laughs> yeah, I so, yeah, I'll give you credit. That was that was a great pick because well, uh, I don't I don't know if I just got it into my head about like what Florida State's supposed to be, but my gosh, the Norvell era. Let's talk out about really bad. Well, the fact that Georgia Tech overcame two 
block field goals. They had a freshman quarterback on the road. Now, they did have 18 returning starters, which definitely helped them and was a big reason why I took them in my pick And they – I mean, they just overcame a lot. They That score, it was 10 nothing at halftime, Florida State. That could have been a lot worse. It could have been – three, four touchdown win for Georgia Tech. They were definitely the better team on the field Saturday. And I think Blackman is overrated as anybody in the country. Yeah, I, I feel sorry for, you know, because that, that offensive line over the past two or three years has been just like they have been, you know, dogged and, uh, you know, everybody talks bad about them. But yeah. he just does not get rid of the football. He doesn't make any good decisions. And, like, I think 50% of it is all him. Like, he is just not – he's not an ACC quarterback. I think he would be good at maybe, like, a Southern Miss-type school or something like that. But there's no reason he should be starting for a school like Florida State. Yeah, I think he was definitely overhyped coming out of high school because he was a highly oh, recruited yeah. player. And he just – Something happened. I mean, anytime these guys go from one level to the next, something happens. And very seldom does that player play the same way he did in the level below. Yeah, whether it happens mentally or physically. And physically, he's just not that. He's not. He's just very, like, thin. And he's not a an imposing figure on the field. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, like, Lamar Jackson, even though he's, like, not – Cam Newton out there, he at least looks like a football player. Blackman looks like a track star. And, like, he doesn't have any qualities about him. And I was like, oh, that's that's a starting quarterback, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's – my left leg weighs more than what Blackman does. I mean, there's just no doubt. I would say my right leg does, but your left leg, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, left leg, right leg. Both legs are definitely like two of him out there, and they would probably throw a flag because you had too many men on the field. Right. I mean, just being honest. But then Clemson gets it done Saturday night. They no well, surprise there. Yeah, they – I mean, Wake Forest, you look at it, they don't have anything. They did cover, but it's because Clemson literally took everybody out in the second half. Yeah, and, and uh, I think Coach Stalin's grandson scored for Clemson, I believe. Wow. So that's a cool connection because it seems like a lot of Alabama and Clemson connections happen, and that that was just kind of cool that uh, that he got to score his first touchdown, you know, playing the other night. I mean, am I wrong in saying that Herb Street's twins are up there? Uh, no, you are correct. You are correct. They both, I believe, they play for Clemson. Yeah, I think they're both. I think they're up because there. Because if you ever listen to Herb Street, he never says a bad word about Dabo. Right. And Saban could say the same thing that Dabo does, and the whole country gives him flack, but Dabo says it, and for some reason, nobody does. It's so strange. Yeah, it's... So weird to me. Like, Dabo's so much more unlikable to me. (laughs) Like, he's almost like a, a Disney character. Like, I don't know. Like... I think he stands for a lot of good things, but there's just something about him that seems kind of fake to me. Like all the Roy bus and bring your own guts, that stuff just, it's annoying to me. Yeah, I I agree. And maybe I'm jealous because they beat us for two national championships or they beat us for a couple national championships and I'm bitter, but like, 
I don't know. There's no way that you're Lidlow Clemson. That's the one that really sticks out to me. Let me ask you, what did you think about on back on Thursday, Miami's performance against UAB? What did you think about that? Oh, I I said on Twitter, I think Miami's about to take them to the woodshed and really like UAB stood their ground. They're just not as deep. And Derek King did not impress me at all. I, I don't I don't I don't know how you thought about the game. I thought Derek King left a lot on the table, but UAB also uh, statistically has a top 10, top 15 defense the past couple of years. So, and Miami's used to playing in front of no fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nothing new for them, that's for so sure. So, what do you think? Like, I mean. Well, I mean, you know, I had Derek King as one of my Heisman sleepers invites. Yeah. But he had 144 yards on the in the air, he had 83 on the ground, which the definitely the ground looked more impressive than what he was doing throwing the ball. He's got a lot to to get better in the next few weeks, and I, I do think that playing on Thursday and having you know nine days to prepare for the next game versus having seven is going to benefit him. I think you're going to see a different player come out this week uh, when they get into conference play. Well, luckily I think for him, up. sorry Clay. Luckily mm-hmm. for him. They're playing in the ACC, and that conference looks horrible. So The Big 12 and the ACC did not yeah. look good. But, I mean, ACC definitely looked better than what the Big 12 did, but it wasn't. That's not a high bar. <laughs> that's not a high bar from what we've seen this past weekend. Did any other games stick out to you? Anything stick out as far as what we, what we saw? You, you know, I guess it was more of just, like, North Carolina. I, I really, honestly, I thought they could – potentially be a playoff team and I just did not like I was like you know maybe if a couple breaks go their way and they you know somehow play Clemson and and stuff you know or yeah like I I thought they could be a playoff team if something happened with Clemson but now I I think it's Clemson and and everybody else I mean it's the all Clemson conference for sure this year and and, you know, somebody like – we haven't seen Virginia Tech. I was kind of disappointed Virginia Tech's game got postponed. Because yeah, me too. I, I was really excited to see how they look. And maybe that's a team that can sneak up on some people. But it, it really is. And Louisville didn't impress me that much. I know Western Kentucky's a, a tough out for a lot of teams. But Notre Dame maybe has potential with their run game, but I don't, I don't see that their defense is that great. I mean, yeah. Duke, honestly, one or two breaks go their way. They could be in overtime right now. So Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I agree. I think that the Big 12 looks terrible as far as ACC. You're dead on. I mean, there's teams that are going to have to get better, which I think they will. I mean, we've they this was the first game. This was the first weekend in a weird season, and I think they're going to bounce back. As far as how far back, I don't know. I think that Louisville looked good at times. I think that Western Kentucky, I mean, I took Louisville uh, to win that game. and They did um, cover, though. So they, That's what I'm saying. I took them to cover that game, and, and they did. And – but I expected more out of them. I thought that the spread on that game was a little low. I don't think Western Kentucky is near the team they've been in the past. But they do always get up for those in-state rivalries. You know, they beat Kentucky a few years ago on opening weekend. Um, 
And they, is, they've given Alabama hell in the past. I mean, they have like Alabama would be ranked number one, number two in the country, and it would be the second quarter before Alabama scored or you know intercepted a, a ball to score. It yeah. it was just it's always like they always get up for those huge games, but when they get in conference, sometimes they they have a, a weird couple of letdowns, and uh, you're like, well, how did you? You know, it might sound like they they got blew out when they lost thirty eight to ten to Alabama, but when Alabama's beating everybody by fifty, yeah. and you know you're only down twenty to ten at half, like right. like how do you do that and then go and lose to an old Dominion or something? Right, totally agree. Well, moving on from college football, a little bit of NASCAR. Brad Kozlowski uh, moves on to the next round because he gets the win at Richmond. We, you know, this was back to the short tracks. We've got another short track coming up this week with Bristol. But did you get to see any of the race? I was focused way more on college football than I was. Yes, I actually did. Um, Do you know who your co-host picked to win, Richmond? Was it a Brad K? Yes, it was, sir. My man. And, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just – uh, maybe it's just a kind of a thing I've learned since I've been doing the podcast with you. Like I just had to like uh clack text me and he's like, who you got? And I said, I'm going with Keselowski. And, mm-hmm. and he said Harvick, which is always a good pick, but, good. but you know, I don't know. I think it just, that name just came to me and I was like, Hey, I, I just got a feeling he's going to do really well tonight. I almost went with, with Hamlin, but I wanted to kind of go off the radar a little bit. I got you. It was, I mean, it was a great pick because Brad has got the talent. And anytime you got a driver like him, he's got a shot no matter what. Um, as far as this episode goes, what do you think about doing a little bit of rapid fire? Oh, I'm, I'm good with that, man. All right. Oh, before we get into rapid fire, let's, let's do a little, let's finish up this teasing we did at the start of the oh, episode. Yeah. Talk, tell us what's coming out tomorrow. Tomorrow? As in Tuesday morning. Oh, as in Tuesday morning. Sorry, I got a little confused. Uh, our man Damian Mitchell, Run DM6 on Twitter, the producer of one of our favorite shows, The Jocks Roundtable, is our first guest ever, and he was amazing. And yeah. uh, like we are so thankful that he joined us, and he is welcome back anytime. And it was just a great time. And if you stay ready, you never have to get ready. That's right. It was so much fun to do that interview. I think it's going to sound really good. If if I don't screw something up in the editing process, you guys are going to love that interview that we did. Had a ton of fun. Damien has got a ton of energy. He came into it. He led it. We just were there to ask the questions and feed off of it. And it was was awesome. I love it. It was so good. So good. So let's jump into this rapid fire real quick. Coke or Pepsi? Uh, Coke. There you go. This, there's no, not even a question to me. And, and also, I have heard the argument that you can't tell the difference. I don't talk to those people anymore. Yeah, I can tell it now. The only thing that gets me with Pepsi is like Mountain Dew is like my favorite drink. So like, yeah. I'm very thankful to Pepsi for a lot of things, but especially Mountain Dew. Like I, I really love it. Like it's, I like, I even like diet Mountain Dew. I like code red Mountain Dew. Like those, uh, Baja blast is one of my favorite drinks in the world. 
but but when you just say actual Coke, the drink and Pepsi the drink, I like Coke the drink better than Pepsi the drink. I agree a hundred percent with you. What celebrity annoys you the most? Skip Bayless. <laughs> oh man, or throwback to one of our other rapid fire questions. Let, let me tell you something about depression. It it's not fun at all, yeah. and. Dak Prescott losing his brother to suicide yes. and on national suicide awareness day, right. Skip Bayless says that he shouldn't have came out and talked about that, that, that that's not, that's not what a man does being a leader and a quarterback of America's team is just one of the most out of touch opinions and, and things he's ever said. And he, he says a lot of things that, make me roll my eyes but this one actually made me very very angry and the fact that he has that many followers on twitter and could use his platform to support Dak going through that i mean he lost his mother didn't he lose his mother he lost his mother yeah, yeah he lost his mother his senior year yeah in lost his mother his senior year in college so he was taking care of his his brother and then his brother uh lost his life and it's already hard enough just, you know, living in this age of 2020 yeah. and for anyone to, to say that he's not, you know, a man or anything because he was depressed after his brother passing. It's just, it's just really pathetic. And I know it got kind of serious, but Skip Bayless is, he's just a piece of crap. I mean, there's, there's no other way to say it. Like, I got you. Well, I mean, he went from Skip Bayless to Skip Brainless, I mean, within just yeah. one sentence. And more than what he has in the past, and it's been pretty bad in the past. But, I mean, I was going to go with, you know, the Kardashians. So. Well, they just ended their show, didn't they? I think they I think they. If finally... anything has ever went right in the year 2020, yeah. besides my son, that – Or this is... podcast – I mean, yes, this podcast, but knowing that that show will not be coming on anymore, oh man, I think that just made my night. Uh, yeah, I mean, by far. Like I was like, thankfully, there it's looking up a little bit. Oh my god, that's yes. And then finally, would you rather see a kick return for a touchdown or a punt return for a touchdown? Kick return. Really? See, I like the punt return because there's so many times that when the ball is punted, for one, I couldn't do it. I couldn't have my, you know, be looking at the stars knowing that somebody is about to clean my clock at any second and I still got to catch this ball. And they're going to be in your face when you do catch that ball. And so I love punt return. I I don't know. Maybe. I like kick returns more because I feel like everybody kicks it out of the end zone now, and that rare time when they don't, yeah, I'm like, true. oh, take it back, take it back, take it back. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. I just I always, like I said, I, I could have never been a punt returner. Uh, for one, it would have been pretty stupid to put me back there because my you know, 5 nine forty would have never been able to do anything with it. So. <laughs> but uh that's everything we got to get tonight guys like i said be on the lookout to you know this comes out monday morning we've got a bonus episode that is going to drop tuesday morning it's 
going to be great. I hope you enjoyed this one. Be looking forward to that one. And then, of course, Thursday we'll have our look-ahead episode. So three episodes of the Punts, Punts, and Jams podcast coming out this week. Thanks for listening. Way to mess horses. you enjoyed this episode just as much as we enjoyed making it for you if so make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast no matter where you get your podcast from make sure you send it to a friend because they really need to listen to it as well if you want to get in touch with us hit us up on twitter at pbjpod you can also send us an email pbjpod2020 at gmail.com you can even leave us a voicemail. You just got to go through the Anchor app, hit the leave voicemail link, leave that 10-second voicemail, and we'll put it on the next episode. Thank you for taking your time to listen to the Punts, Months, and Jams podcast, and we'll see you soon.